In this episode of the Advanced Selling Podcast, Bill shares an occurrence at a wedding with some of my Catholic brethren. I have a really bad vocab day, and we talk about the proper way to sell with data. Travis smiles and nods. That means we're going. Here we go. Ready to go. Welcome, everybody, to the Advanced Selling Podcast, the longest-running sales training podcast in podcast history. My name is Brian Neal. I'm Bill Caskey. Ran out of my voice there. You need you some cardio that? work. I, I, need, I do. I need to uh, kind of manage my breathing a little better, mm-hmm. as they say in the business. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you're uh, setting up for a sales meeting or sales conference this fall or even first quarter of 2020, we're your guys. Uh, all you have to do is send us an email, listener at advancedsellingpodcast.com, and we will talk to you about uh, your options when it comes to bringing Bill out, me out, or both of us out. Mm-hmm. And we'll do lots of fun stuff when we come to visit. If you want to have a good, fun, enjoyable, useful, and beneficial sales meeting, again, send us an email. Come see us, and we'll talk to you about um, bringing the podcast live and in person. Give us a month's notice. <laughs> yeah, we did have Give us a, month's uh, notice. A, a very gracious, we're very gracious of all of our listeners. Oh, we yeah. have someone yeah. send us a note. About six days before the gig. Mm-hmm. Need a little more advance notice. Just a little. Which is fine. Just a Which little. It's okay. We'll, we'll do that for him next year. The option. We yeah. will do that. Yes. Well, I had a, uh, I know, uh, well, yeah. can I say you're you a Catholic? Say, yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Proud. So I know you're a uh, member yeah. in good standing of yes. the Catholic Church. That's debatable, actually. I had, <laughs> <laughs> I had a uh, experience Uh-oh. with a wedding the other night downtown at the, it's um, on Union Street. I don't know what the, the cathedral? name of the church. Not on Meridian. No, no, it's way downtown by Lily. Oh, uh, okay, that is um, that's where the CYO Something headquarters Orthodox. is. It older? Yeah, it's older. older it's older. Church. Beautiful yes. church. Yes. I mean, it's a beautiful Gorgeous. church. So, Gorgeous. two things. Number one, they need a new sound system. <laughs> the sound system. It was <laughs> really hard to hear. Little tinny. But I always and in this wedding, it was a it was a short version of a Catholic wedding. It was 45, yeah. 50 minutes. Um, they did the Lord's Prayer. They do. Which. <laughs> I've been doing the Lord's Prayer off and on, not constantly, but yeah. off and on for my age, you know, 50 yeah. some years. And in the last few years, I've noticed that I'm never quite sure which <laughs> prayer they're going to pray. Right. <laughs> because at one time it was trespassers, trespasses, yes. and yeah. then it went to debtors, debtors and then it right. went back to trespass. Correct. And so I'm never quite sure. And then <laughs> I understood that there was some verbiage at the end that we were leaving out now. There it well. The we, last line. We sort of pause. We we pause and then the priest offers um, a little segment oh, there, okay. and then we finish up at the end. This was not so, on the instruction. No, it's sheet not. It's I not on the missalette, as they call it. So I always get that feeling in my stomach. It's like, well, I need to be a count behind everybody because I don't want to be saying, "And the Lord was," and I'm the only one saying it. So, um, oh, that's it funny. was funny, and so I, I, I didn't embarrass myself or my family. I stopped, and everybody else stopped, and that was the end of the prayer. And I muttered to myself the last line because I'm not Catholic. But that is okay. the kingdom, the power, and the glory, and the now forever. Amen. Exactly. Right? Sort of exactly. Yeah. So we say that at the after the priest says something, they did not finish it. But up. the priest did not say anything mm. there. It was just over. It was a hard. It was yeah. a hard stop. You can always tell when the pagans are in the house when they you know, <laughs> yeah, they keep rolling right. around. And everybody turns and looks <laughs> at them like, "Who let What's the pagan on? in? Is there a Protestant in here? Who let the Protestant in? <laughs> and then this wedding had like four videographers, two Ooh. videographers and two photographers. I don't know how they're going to edit all this into it. It's got to be a major documentary, what they're going to do. But the guy came over. I was sitting in the fourth or fifth row, and the sound guy came over and dropped the little MP3, kind of yes. like that. Yep. He dropped it over, and, and he put motions to me. 
Like, I think he meant don't touch it. Oh. But it's like I almost said, you, I can't even hear, and I've got ears. How is that thing picking up any, anything? Did, uh, you know, you said it was short? 50 minutes. Five oh, five zero. Oh, okay, five zero. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a short Catholic man, yeah. Uh, yeah. ceremony. I thought you meant short like 15, like they zipped through something. They did oh, no, a, five zero. Yeah, kind 50. of a mini mass. Yeah, that's and, good. 50 minutes for a Catholic wedding is really good. It is. And uh, then we went to um, Indiana Roof Ballroom for the Ooh, reception, which is really nice. It's yeah. really, if, if those of you local, you're probably familiar with Indiana Roof. It, it is one of those classic theater. Gorgeous. I don't know. It's a, it's a ballroom. Yeah, it's, it's been around for years. Hard to get to when you're coming from the parking garage. Was this that's a, for another podcast. like a friend's kid or friend's, something like that? Yeah. A neighbor's uh, wedding, and it was a big, good. big deal. So anyway, I, I was curious you're, about the Lord's Prayer thing, so you clarified it for me. Yeah. And there, and we, now, the other thing the Catholics will tell you is that we've also switched our own thing. So we've been saying something the same way for basically 50 years or so. We just changed that up about three or four years ago. Oh, so now okay. even the Catholics are trying not to like figure Lord's out. Not the Lord's Prayer. No, other just some other things that we say. Homilies. Like, like we used to say, you know, the, the, the priest would say, you know, the Lord be with you. And we would say, and also with you. Right. Oh, you know, it's, now it's a, and it's with your spirit is what we say now. The Lord, he, so the priest says, the Lord be with you. And we say, and with your spirit. Oh, That's I never different. heard that. Yes. It's a different deal. Yeah, okay. So, and so you can also tell the people who haven't been to church and say, here's the old way. That's say, why they do that. And also with you, out. you're like, <gasps> check out the heat. No. Before we get into our topic today, I wonder, Brian, here's a question for you. I'm ready. Do you ever wish, whoosh, do you ever wish you could have done more this month, but just didn't have the time, tools, or processes? Just about every month. I you're a process guy, and I know that. I like uh, that. Yeah. We all have that feeling. Outreach.io is the leading sales engagement platform, and it supports you, the sales reps. Also supports your managers by making it simple to humanize and personalize communication at scale, automating the soul-sucking manual work, and more importantly, dramatically increasing the productivity and efficiency of all revenue-generating teams. You can check them out at outreach.io forward slash ASP to chat with them and receive a free copy of their new book on sales engagement. The sales engagement book, as we like to say. Uh Uh, I think I mentioned this a few times ago that I do have a very active client on outreach.io, and I watch it work. And if you haven't tried it out, you have to go to the website. What is it again? Outreach.io slash ASP. It's a really good good solution. Great great tool. Just like any tool, you got to kind of like, you know, take a look. But once you get rolling with it, man, it just lets you not have to think. It's a really good deal. That's awesome. Anywho. Uh, Okay. Topic today is all about data. And we live in a world that is wrought with data. Wrought. And uh, you as a salesperson, I know, have lots of data at your fingertips. And your leaders, your CEOs and presidents and VPs of sales, are probably at some point in some degree telling you we need to sell with data. Because everyone thinks that if they've got the right data, they can prove the point and prove the case that whoever it is I'm selling to would be an idiot to not buy from me. And when people leave us, I don't so, think the word's rot. It's not, is it? I mm. thought about. I was going to ask you that, and then you you went with me. It's not rot. It's, I it's, did, but I didn't want to correct you until no, I, I liked checked it, it out. I, I was going to ask you. Rot is an archaic past. What is what? Uh, well, fraud. What think? I was thinking fraught? fraught with fraught data, but with? fraught doesn't sound right either. Fraught. It's like we've is, got a lot uh, of it. What am I thinking of? Oh, there's uh, a word, isn't there? Fraught. See, this is what I get. I try to use word anytime I try to use. 
a big word, not even a big like syllable words, but just an obscure word I screwed Well, up. fraught with danger. It's it's filled with or likely filled to with. result in something undesirable, which it kind of is Kind here. of. A little uh, bit. But I still don't think that's the it's word you misuse. were looking for. Yeah. Thanks for okay. calling me on that. Sorry, I appreciate I that a lot. I was gentle with it. <laughs> well, you were gentle, and I know... I loved moment, you through it. I loved mo- you through it. The moment that that happened, that your brain, you just couldn't stop. Because you were... <laughs> no, you I know. Bill, if you can't see, he was he was sort of right to his phone. He's like, wait a second. I totally checked out. Not right <laughs> I don't know there. what you said. <laughs> okay. Back to the So the people the that are uh, all about the data, I want you to listen loud and clear, because we're going to talk today about our opinions of what data is and what role it plays in the sales process. Because I see people try to sell with it up front and prove a case point, you know, prove a point, prove the case, all that jazz. Then if, if, if you're an account management or client success and your customers leave, you try to save them back with data, prove the point that they should stay and all this jazz. Mm-hmm. And so we've got some opinions on that. And then we're going to tell you sort of how to think about it and then also maybe what to do about it and say about it. So. Well, I've got a thought as you, as you started the uh, premise of this, and that yeah. is... It does seem like we use data to prove our value, to prove our worth yes. as, as a solution. Yes. And it seems like that very idea of trying to prove something is a reason not to do it the way we've been taught to use data. Mm. The, in other words, yeah. if I'm here to prove to you, Mr. Client, that I am the obvious best solution and you'd be a fool to go elsewhere, well, what kind of resistance does that create? Right. Right so so it's gate. a whole idea of proving, and I, so I just wanted yes. to uh, tip my hand a little bit to what I was going to talk about, which is that what yes. do we use data for? Typically, yes. it's not to uh, inform, it's to prove. Yes, always, always. And see, that's the, just right there. You're sort of dead. Your energy's dead on arrival if you show up with the energy to prove a point. People resist that. And then they, what they do is they try to poke holes in your data. My experience right, has been just about right. any data point can, can be um, uh, misproven. Is that right? Yeah. Screwing up, misproven, disproven, that, Dis- no, disproven, or misproven, fraught with disproven. I don't know, fraught with disprovability. Man, I am just not. I'll, I'm going to stay. You know, back stay in, with I'm, words I'm, you I'm, know, Brian. I'm going to stay in the uh, second grade stay. sight words. Yeah, that's <laughs> the, right. The and and than though. If it's not in, <laughs> it's a Jane sight word. Loves her puppy. That, <laughs> well, um, here's can I say my go opinion ahead. Yeah, yeah, on yeah, data because I've been kind of crazy about this the last couple weeks. Can tell. Here's the thing. I can tell. All data is subjective. All data is subjective, and everyone likes to think that data is hard, concrete, and uh, free of opinion, and that's just completely wrong. Mm-hmm. All data has to be interpreted by the person who's going to use it to make a decision, and that interpretation is subjective. And so I can give you any data point in the world. I can throw out any number, 97, 110, 4.2 times. Any data point I can give you that's, a, that's an objective number is only as good as the person who sees it and goes, that's good or bad. All data mm-hmm, is subjective. Mm-hmm. And if you don't believe that, you're, it, it's just wrong. It just doesn't make any sense You're otherwise. a stupid head. Yeah. I wasn't going to say yeah. that, but okie yeah. dokie. So that's my first premise, is that if you are selling with data or you are trying to save a client with data or prove a point with data, the only thing that matters is the subjective opinion of the customer, of yours and theirs, it, both of yours, I should you say. You and them. And them, correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but you have to understand this is a subjective opinion and subjective interpretation of the data that you're looking at. So again, if you're looking at um, uh, conversions, like we hear this all the time, like what's your conversion rate? Or if I hear your um, click-through rate or all sorts of things that we closing sell. Rate. Closing rate. Closing rate, all mm-hmm. that stuff. If I said your closing rate is 28%, it's going to be all over the board. Some people are going to think that sucks, and some are going to think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And some are going to go, yeah, it's about right. It's about average. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the, that's the first premise for me is that all data is subjective, and we got we got to start there. 
Okay, so I'm going to walk back here a little bit yeah, sure. and say that, you know, we've been taught from the time we were we got into sales that's that buying is both emotional and intellectual. Correct. And we used to say that buying uh, is seventy percent emotional and thirty percent intellectual. And I don't know, you know, who knows? I don't know how you calculate that. Even that's more data that I'm not exactly sure. Exactly right. I'm not sure where it comes from. But let's just <laughs> say that it's both. Yes. Let's say that a customer has an emotional urging to buy something or not to buy something, and they have an intellectual backup plan that kind of supports their decision yes. to buy or not yes. to buy. So I may love your software, and I just think it's going to be cool as hell, and there's an 80% conversion rate, and so I'll go in and tell my CFO, this thing is good, but look at the conversion rate, it's 80%. Yeah, right, but really, right. I'm just using that to support my desire. You're, you're, the internal person now who's buying is now justifying their decision, yeah, Based internally. On data, yeah, yeah back, back to the theme. Because they don't feel comfortable saying, I just yes. like this, this is cool. Correct. Um, Correct. So, so let's say that uh, buying or selling, so if buying is half emotional and half intellectual, then selling should follow the same should be congruent with yes. that. Is that the right word? Yes. Yes, it congruent. is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so let's, we're not saying that data is bad to introduce into the process somewhere, but when it becomes the focal point right. and it's all you got, and, and I do think you're right. I think that, you know, I was pre-show, we were talking about why is this? Well, data is so much easier to find and harvest and, and architect and, and, you know, suck out of the system. It's so much easier now than it was 20 years ago. Yes. So therefore, because something's easier to get, we tend to proliferate in it and we like it. And it, it really makes us feel good. You know what? I can help them go from 20% close rate to 40% close rate. Helps us feel good about our value. Yes. So yes, we're not yes, saying, yes, yes, yes. we're not saying discontinue it at all. We're just saying that make sure that it's in the context of the fact that buyers yes. still make decisions emotionally. They do. And we have to, as salespeople, I think the lesson here is when you are starting to get supporting data in slide decks and stuff, and you're in your your PowerPoint presentation, all this jazz, that you have to balance the information that's in there with emotional stuff, uh, opinions, and subjective stuff, and not just a bunch of data. Because um, people will also sense when all they have is intellectual stuff, They'll sense that persuasion thing going on, and they'll resist what you're mm -hmm, saying. Mm -hmm. And you just miss the boat. I mean, we had our friend Brian Gray on, you know, back at the end of last year, and he talks about this. This is what he talks about in the winning the buyer's brain is that you've got to win that emotional side of the brain, let them justify it, like you said earlier, with some of the data. Yeah. So, uh, do we have any tips? Do we have any suggestions for? Let's say we yes. have a listener who's yep. in sales, and yep. his or her company has been going down this data path and they yes. get armed. I, I have a, a client in the medical profession and they get a lot of that data. Yeah. They get it thrown at them and it feels to them like, well, somebody knows better. If they say this data is good, then maybe I need to use it. So what kind of suggestions, I've got yes. one or two I here, would you have for a sales professional who's a listener and is getting inundated with data that they're, they're being suggested to use it with clients or yeah. prospects? I've got a couple of language things. The first one is, you need to contextualize all database conversations. And I think the way to contextualize them is to state some of the things that Bill and I are talking about right now on the podcast, which is, look, I'm going to show you some data. And when you see it, um, everyone interprets data differently because it, 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 we're going to show you some numbers and, and then we're going to have an opinion. You're going to have an opinion. We'll share our opinion. You share yours with us and we'll kind of see how that feels to you and feels to us. 
when you're using language like that, when I say how that feels to you feels to me, that invites that kind of emotional side of the data interpretation. So you need to contextualize it. You can't just flip the page or talk about like, yeah. uh, you know, well, our, our, our performance rates are in the 97.2 percentile. You can't just say that because I'm going to go, okay, well, what the hell does that mean? Yeah. How's that help me and make my life better and that sort of thing? <coughs> so you got to contextualize the conversation first. That's good. Yep. I, I had that as my number one, too. Oh, well, looky there. Yeah. We didn't even compare notes. Uh, the, yeah, plus there's this whole thing going on now with, you know, we're not real trusting of politicians. We're not trusting of institutions. Uh, we're not trusting of brands because brands of course are going to say that their rate is 97.2 percent yes why wouldn't they they're not going to say they ever make a mistake right and so i think people generally are distrusting when a number comes out of nowhere and you don't contextualize it yes that and you don't position it as look these are our numbers we don't we can't promise the same result, but let me tell you how we got there and why we think it's important. I think if you position it that way, yes. then it becomes easier to, re, to, yeah. to handle it, to no consume. Doubt. No doubt. That was my first one. Do you have right, a second go ahead. One you go ahead. Second one. Yeah. Okay. So second one kind of follows suit with that is that once I then look at some data, interpret it and have um, a feeling conversation about it and, and some interpretation, I need to make sure that I tie whatever data that I'm looking at to my buyer's emotional motive. And so if um, the performance rate of my software tool goes to from uh, 95 to 97%, I've got to make sure I connect that. I would call that a bridge statement. I've got to have some bridge statement that says, here's what that means for you personally. And so then you're looking at, okay, how much time is someone spending on something? Or what's the slowdown rate? Or is it bogging down a system? Or are uh, you, you're spending an extra person, an extra eight hours a day fixing something because the rate's too low. Mm -hmm. So I think you have to tie it to an emotional motive. So whatever mm -hmm. data you're showing, you have to say, here's how that makes life better for you. Here's what that number means to you personally. I think it's really important to do that. I call that when I'm teaching sometimes a bridge statement. I've got to bridge, I got to go from the data and bridge it into their, mm -hmm. their emotional, their That's head, good. heart, soul. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Bridge. Yeah, I wonder, as you're talking, I wonder if, if the use of data, not all the time, but sometimes, is a compensating factor for poor salesmanship. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. If, if, There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. This. For the inability, because I, everyone feels so safe sharing data because there's no opinion and there's no art to it. Right. So that, that I'm, I feel safe the whole time. Yeah. And I think that it kind of takes myself out of it too. Totally. It's like, well, you know, the data, the data showed it. He just didn't buy the data. You know, it's, it's, it's not my problem. No, exactly. It's the data's problem. Yeah. yeah. What's funny too is uh, one of my clients this morning in class, we're talking about this subject and they have this, um, they have this, let's call it a conversion rate number that they like to see um, up around uh, one to one and a half, one, one, 1% to 1.5% okay. conversion rate. This, this is online? This is, a, this is like in a software tool. Okay. Um, this one customer of theirs had 0.22, okay. which is awful in my client's world. And he was like going to make this call and he was dreading it. And so he said to the guy, well, here, we're getting a 0.22. The guy's like, well, that's great. Yeah, things are going great. We're yeah, getting it was a bunch 0.12 before you came along. Totally. <laughs> he was, you know, he, but the customer, the point is it was misinterpreted yeah. the other direction where yeah. we thought it yeah. was bad and the customer thought it was good. Back to the opinion. Yeah, that's thing, good. So. All right. The, my second one here is... 
is kind of along the lines of the first one, which is how you're positioning it. Yep. I think the problem a lot of times with how we use data is we make the other person feel not okay. Yes. Or we, we make them feel less than, not only because they have chosen, obviously, a f- they've made a foolish choice in the past to buy from company X, and now you're coming in and, and showing all the warts of company X and how you know, they're fools now and you, you, you're the only solution that they should go with because the data proves that. But I think there's also that not okayness about just the numbers. Because then if you're really well-versed in the numbers, you can start throwing around numbers and people are lost. Yes. A lot of people who aren't numbers oriented get really lost when you said, you know, like if I start explaining the, you know, the meters to inches yes. uh, conversion. Yes. I say, well, yes. 30, 39.5, but it's one point. So <laughs> 1.3 meters is equal the same as a foot. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. So I think it's easy with data to make someone feel not okay. And you know what? They're never, ever going to say, Brian, you just made me feel like a craphead. Totally. You just made me feel bad about myself. Nope. They're never, what they're going to say, of course, is, hey, thanks, Brian, for coming in. You know, we'll let you know. Law looks good here. Totally. Looks good. And when you show a data slide to that point, and it's in that kind of moderately complicated, and you kind of walk through it, and you're saying your thing, yeah, so this, and so we're, you know, we're average is a 1.6, and if we convert that, we're at, so our average is about three times national, which is 3.2, <laughs> and you say that, and you say, does that make sense? And they go, mm-hmm. <laughs> Got any questions? Don't ever, no, makes don't sense. Don't ever ask you're the dead. question, right. does that make sense? Does that make sense? sense? Yeah. If Especially you have to like ask that. it, you know you it does sense. not. It does you not. know it does not. No, that's good. All right. Well, anyway, that's a good topic. You have anything else on yours? No, no. I just think I think I want everyone to listen uh, to what we're talking about here and really sit back and think of okay, what kind of data points are being thrown at you? How are you using data to sell? And do you need to modify your approach to using data in your sales process? And my educated guess is lots and lots of you are listening, going, "Oh my gosh, we do this and we do it." Yeah. Brian, and all you do is these moderate tweaks that we talked about to make it better for the uh, for the customer. Just think 50-50, emotional, intellectual, and of course, data is intellectual. Yes, and just think, be judicious with it. Be judicious, not just with how often you use it, but how you position it when you do use it. Just be mindful of that. I think you'll be okay. I love it. Hey, if you want us to uh, visit you, put a uh, email subject line. Come see us in the uh, in the subject line there, and we'll get that ball rolling. If you're gonna have a sales meeting, and uh, if you haven't done so already, join our LinkedIn group. We're very active on LinkedIn, and uh, or got an email list. If you go to this website, go to ultimatepregame.com. Ultimatepregame.com. Give us your email. We'll actually send you a cool little gift for a lot of new listeners. You may not have known that yet because we haven't talked about it a lot. But yeah, go to ultimatepregame.com if you haven't already. You'll get a free download. Just put your email list uh, name in there, and um, uh, we'll uh, get something right. Everything will get good. It's really good. I'm telling you. Let's come around. All right. See see you next time. time.